What's up, everybody? It's Mark Uzanski and Dave Freeman from Tone Talk. Uh, it's episode 121, and we've got Rob Cunningham from Dodario Strings. And you pronounced it correctly. What? You pronounced it correctly. I've been working on it all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't say it, because I probably wouldn't have said it correctly. I, I usually say Diodario. Everyone says Diodario, but that's not, that is not the correct Now, if you look at the spelling, that doesn't really... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I i was i remember that you guys actually did like an instagram post like last year there was just a, <laughs> was like i think it was an april fool's thing it was yeah just to say it correctly it was funny. which was great i actually wrote i was like thank you for the correction <laughs> well yeah that, the dario so that's awesome how the long dario uh i'm i'm the one of the elders i am going on my 26th year there which is wow. That's probably pretty insane for the music industry. <laughs> I'm going to say, you got me beat at my company. I've been with my company for uh, going on close to 16 years. It's 15 years this year. So that's a long time. So I, I, Yeah, I've been in there a while. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's, nah, it's, a, it's, it's a fun place to work. So it's, That's great. Yeah. And do they have, an, they have an office located in Long Island? Office right in Long Island. The factory's on Long Island. So all the strings are made right here. Um, you know, nothing's outsourced or anything like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's weird, you know, now, especially, you know, post COVID, uh, you know, I don't go into the office every day. Like I used to, it's only like two, two days a week now, but, um, the factory's humming though. Wow. That's so cool. Are you guys close to Floyd Rose? Cause I think Floyd Rose is over there, right? On Long Island, right? Or no? I don't think he's, I don't know. I think so. about that. Uh, maybe, or maybe they're. Huh. Maybe they're in New Jersey. I think New Jersey, maybe. Maybe they're in New Jersey. My bad. Okay. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different locations. Yeah, different location. All right. Very well, different. You, you, well, you know, you just it's just about an hour drive. So that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's cool. So um that's a long time. So you've probably seen a lot of different change the company's been through over the years. It's been so different when I I mean I started when I saw I was in actually in sales. Like we were talking a little earlier, and uh, yeah, so I mean, it was a much smaller company now, and so over the, over the time I've been there, it's it's just grown, and, and we acquired other brands, you know. So like we also have um, Evans Drumheads, Promark Drumsticks, Rico Reeds. Um, so we acquired a few brands over the years. So you know, it just keeps growing. It's a pretty amazing ride. Yeah, that's great. I I used to use uh, Promark Drumsticks, and I played a lot. So. Yep, so we have that 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 factory is in Houston though, so that's not on the island, so that's in Houston. Uh, all the drum heads we make on Long Island, that's across the street from the string factory. Um, and then we do the reeds. Uh, the reeds are out in California, out by you, Dave. Huh? They're out in uh, I think Burbank it is. But we make the reeds. Yeah, I hear that. Um, it's big business with the, with the schools. Yeah, and yeah. then. It, it's actually pretty funny because then we actually grow our own cane too. So we have a cane field in France and um, Argentina, I think. Hmm. Not quite sure about that, but we definitely have one in France. So yeah, we have like a basically an agricultural section of the company as well, growing things. Wow. Yeah. You know, the best part about your company is the fact that everything is disposable that you make. That's kind of the philosophy. And they have to buy them again and again and again and again. 
<laughs> that is the philosophy. We've we've had so many companies come to us and like want us to get into instruments and foot pedals, guitars, amplifiers, mm -hmm. like all kinds of things. And it's just that's not the company's motto. You know, it's just we just do the replaceable items. Yeah. And it works. It, it just, you know, you have, even like, you know, during a recession, or whatever, right? So something takes a downturn. Mm -hmm. Someone might not buy a new guitar, but they're still going to put strings on the guitars that they have, you know? Yeah. So 100%. I, I never really put, like, really distilled it down to replaceable items. That's exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Drum heads, sticks, yeah. strings. Yeah. Uh, All the things that take a Cables, beer. even. <laughs> yep. Sticks. Yep. Yeah, you make these pedal boards now that expand or whatever. Yes, I saw that. If I could get them in stock, oh, <laughs> you know that story, right? Yes, yes. I actually just got a delivery this this week, so we actually have them in stock. If anyone's looking for one, ah, cool. But, um, yeah, they're going out the door as fast as we can get them, and the shipping is still just a, a nightmare. I hear shipping is crazy. A total yeah, nightmare. The, contain the containers are just so exp it's so expensive, right? The the expense, yeah. It, we, I mean, it's it's insane what they cost right now. Yeah, I'm 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 assuming those are coming from overseas. Yep. Uh, okay. Otherwise, you wouldn't sell them at the price you're selling them at. Yes. You can. <laughs> you, you can. But yeah, I mean, the containers uh, used to be, say, from China to New York was probably like three thousand dollars at one time. Yeah, three to five thousand. That's what. Yeah, roughly. Now it's about $23,000. Yes. It's like, how does anybody afford that when they used to be paying so much more? I mean, so much less. I don't I don't get it. Well, the price goes up. Exactly. Astronomically, yeah. So, and you know, people, people wonder why the prices go up. Well, the prices go up because, you know, well, a variety of things. First, you know, you had all the Trump taxes. Yep. Uh, if you're, if you're importing anything from China. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that was significant. It can be quite significant on a product and then you have now you have this shipping stuff which is that's crazy unfortunately yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff fits in a in one and it doesn't now. even end when the container gets to the port so then we've had yeah. containers like floating out in the ocean for weeks because they just no room at the port then yeah. it gets to the port and then some days like well there's no trucks to drive the container to the to your warehouse so then you're waiting on a truck and it's just Every single day is just another, like, you're like, all right, what's the excuse today? And, and no exact answer. No. When you're going to get it. <laughs> and it's across industries, too, because uh, I just had the, thankfully, knock on wood, I think I'm going to be all right. But, um, you know, my car, I was in a car accident a few weeks ago, and I have it at the shop. And the first thing the woman said to me was when she was assessing the damage was just, just be prepared that there might be an issue getting parts to fix the car. She, oh, I, yeah. And I said, "Well, you know, how long? How long are we talking?" And she's like, "It could be months." Yeah. And I'm like, "Really? Like, I could be without my car for months?" Like, she's like, "I, I had." She goes, "I have one Toyota that's been sitting here for five months because we can't get one part for it." I'm like, "But thankfully, she called me just the other day and said, I think we're good. We've got everything except for your hood.'" <laughs> <laughs> so, but she was expecting that'll be six months. Yeah, God, God. I mean, can you imagine it? But no, it's and not. then it's like, does my rental car, uh, rental car insurance coverage cover you for that no. long? No, it's one month. That's it, thirty days. So, <sighs> bastards. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I've got, I've got an extra car. I've got my son's car, so you know, you can drive yep. that. But yeah. You, 
luckily years ago we i mean we we had a huge initiative to try to do as many things in the us as we as we can so we moved a whole bunch of our products back to the us which was great but i mean there's just certain product lines that you just can't affordably make them in the us yet so all know. strings are made in the us all the strings are made yeah they're made right in the factory on long island uh we have a huge string factory any typical day we're making 700,000 strings a day. And where's all the metal come from? All the different alloys and steel. And you stuff? buy the raw. So we we're uh, right now we're the only string company that's actually drawing our own wire. So we have a whole wire drawing facility. Uh, so we're actually buying raw spools of, you know, really thick um, cable. And then we're drawing it down to make all our own wire. Hmm. Which is so like cool. other companies like string joy or whoever they, like they, they they're they're not doing that no huh. and we used to not do that too i mean we used to buy all our wire from companies too um we just found we're we're like great we're, we're crazy with quality i mean just insane and what we found a lot of times like the wire when the when you draw it down it goes through like a whole a series of dies and that's how you get to the mm -hmm. you know the last size that you want and we would just find that a lot of the, the suppliers were just running those dies too long and the wire was coming in out of spec. And then like all the cores of our strings are hexagon shaped instead of around, we we do everything hex. Mm. And we were getting hex in that was like almost round just because, you know, they were let, letting the dies go too long. So mm -hmm. we just decided to take, take everything in house and do it ourselves. Yeah, because it's too expensive. These companies, they go ahead and re retool, right? They got to. Yeah, it costs money. It costs money. You have to, but, you know, that's part of, you know, the process. So we have like really strict every, every, like, I forget what it's like, every uh, one to two million feet, I think. Then we take all the dies out and then they all get reshaped. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how you stay within certain specs, right? Because that's, yeah, what you do. yeah that, that's cool. So that's like, it's really high. Uh, quality adherence there so and then even every spool of our hex wire we cut, cut a piece of every single spool it goes underneath the microscope to make sure it passes the shape test and then mm -hmm. if there's anything outside that realm then all of those dies get pulled and then redone mm -hmm. so I, I was i'm like a huge fan of the myxl strings mm -hmm. they're remember, great we were they're talking about, i had like one bad i might have gotten like some Chinese knockoffs or something because they were we all did, yeah and we did have an issue <laughs> with uh, knockoffs yeah uh, is that the, MIXL, though, well, the standard EXL strings yeah there we, a couple of years ago we had a huge problem where we actually had to like go raid factories and stuff really yeah it was getting a little rampant crazy I I just I just saw a huge it was a huge report that they were doing it on the, I think it was JFK where they've just got these guys who are just like pulling packages from China and just inspecting them all day, basically, and just pulling out purses and shoes and probably in guitars. They had guitars. They'll do it. Yeah, but, but actually having that uh, wire mill, that's what actually allowed us to do the NYXL um, strings because then we could fine-tune all that wire and the way we were making that wire and really get the, the strength and the specs up to like to a level that like there really wasn't wire that you could purchase at that point that, that was like that no it's uh, crazy do you dave you do you use them or use what strings do you uh, use? uh use a variety of things i have over time but nyx styles are nice i like them mm -hmm. um i like that string better than i like this like a standard set of uh the darios 
Mm -hmm. the two, the two. I don't know. I'm kind of picky and weird. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all <laughs> kind of picky and weird? Although I am kind of interested in trying like just the pure nickel ones you got. You know, I, it's funny. People got to, I, I always tell people they really should experiment more on their strings because a lot of people kind of just don't, you know, they buy one set and they just kind of stick with it their entire life and they don't really play around that much. And you could get a lot of tones just by messing around with strings you're using. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's fun, fun too. It's fun just to go down that rabbit hole like one weekend, just go go through it and just get different strings and just yep. be like, all right, let's see how this these sound, you know? Yep. Yeah. And when you did the EVH, uh, you know, tone chase. Yeah. With, with the pickup side, did, did you put pure nickels on the guitar? Yes. Yeah. So like, you know, so all these people, like they chase Eddie's tone and everything. And then the one part that they don't do is put pure nickel strings on the guitar, you know? And that oh, was... No, uh, Pete did the exact gauge. Yeah, that's that's The nine to 40. Yep. And and did pure nickel. Yep. Because that's going to change the sound. Because a pure nickel has a it might have been your guy's pure nickel. I don't know. I don't know what he used. It it definitely has a different tone. And uh yeah. and then it doesn't have as much magnetic property too, right? So it has less output. So that's going to affect the way the, the pickups are picking up the signal. So um and that's like if you think about it, you're picking your strings, it's like the start of everything. Well, absolutely. And, you know, and what this is, you know, what that's made out of. And uh, I, I mean, I always said, I go, well, you know, with that EVH thing and an old Marshall like that, it's got to be nines. And really, if you're going for that early thing, it's nine to 40. Yep. Tune to E flat. Good luck playing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's floppy. <laughs> it, well, it's a little rubber bandy. It's yeah. rubber bandy, but then you learn how to attack it a yep. certain way. And. Yeah, I don't know how he. I don't know how he would, especially in the early days. He would attack the living shit out of a guitar, but he wasn't bending it out of tune or anything. It was interesting. And then you see guys, you you know, everyone you know says thin strings don't have tone and everything, but then you have guys like you know Billy Gibbons and Jimmy Page playing eights, and they sound yeah. Like, I don't yeah. I don't think that I don't, I don't believe in that at all. In fact, there's been some videos out there that were kind of proving. The string gauge kind of matters, and uh, I, I think it actually sounds better the lighter you get. It's, I mean, I generally use tens myself, but uh, I would use nines. <laughs> I use nines. I mean, you just get a little less bass response. That's it, really. Which is a there's a fine. That's good. Which yeah, could be it'll be tighter, right? Yeah. So it'll be tighter. It's almost like doing the tube screamer thing in a in a way. Well, I remember years ago, I remember I had one Strat, like a straight-up Strat that I that I just wanted to try 11s on. And it was really interesting to hear the difference between 10s to 11s. What a different tone. Mm -hmm. The guitar was much darker mm. and kind of murkier. And, and I, it kind of works on a Strat because the Strat single coil is so, you know, jangly and bright. Yeah, the 11s sort of work on a Strat, you know, kind of. Yeah. Fixes it, that. so to speak. Yeah, That's but um, Rayvon loved heavy, heavy gauge strings. God, they were like twelves or something. Weren't they? Yeah. He, was an animal. Yeah. he manhandled the fuck out of those things, man! <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, he had some strong. I ass. saw, I saw one concert from him once. It's amazing. He, I caught him a, a few times, and it, it, yeah, he was ridiculous. Yeah, and then yeah. even when you saw that that unplug that he did when he was playing the acoustic twelve string. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's bending the strings like it's nothing. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. He was amazing. Um, hey, by the way, I want to bring up our uh, sponsors. By the way, 
uh, we've got two sponsors. We have Sweetwater, uh, which, by the way, you guys should go to Sweetwater and buy your strings. Buy some strings. Yeah. <laughs> or tuners or cables or yeah, uh, good new. I see a new guitar bag or not uh, like a set, um, gig bag, bag accessories yeah. bag or whatever. Here's all the yeah. <laughs> Look for your expand pedal board that we have in stock now. <laughs> Is that here? Let's see. Do we have a? Oh, look at this! Uh, Tour grade power base eight outlet outlet. Yeah, that's our power strip. Never saw that before. Um, looking, do we have the power? Uh, this is pedal board transporter. I don't see the pedal board. Oh, look at look at all these products! Holy crap! There's a lot of strings, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, if you start if you start doing all the acoustic strings and all the gauges and all the the tuners and the cables and the picks and the then you have plain, you have coded, you have you know, yeah, it's words. You go. count goes a little crazy. We actually should probably go through the kinds of strings you have. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Like from like at least electric strings, you know. From uh, I don't, I don't want to go through the acoustic string. <laughs> <laughs> um. From from you know I I was looking on the website and I just kind of glanced through all the uh, different string models because uh, there's a whole bunch of them and uh, what the fuck are the differences? Yeah, there's so many. So the so the EXL is your basic. That's our basic guitar string that we've been selling since. Well, the Dario started in uh, as the Dario. They started in 1973. Um, what's pretty amazing, which actually a lot of people don't know, is that they trace their family history. And they trace back to the family making strings to the 1600s. Hmm. Mark, wow. go to the website. Okay. I could do that. And then pull up, and then there's just a, a bar of all the different string models from brightest to warmest. <laughs> okay. I will go there right now. And there's this little fly that's flying around my head. It's driving me crazy here. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see share screen chrome here we go can you see that now yep there you go okay and where do you want me to go dave okay that now we're go back that bar there if you go to the left or drag it or yeah, slide it or slide that bar slide that bar the red or if you click on the string pack you should be able there you go okay so we're starting down at the mellow end. The mellow end. So that's chrome. So that's going to be a total flat wound string. So that feels totally smooth. Yeah. And that's your jazzer. That's your big jazz box kind of a string. Uh-huh. The pure nickel is if pure nickels everywhere. I think everyone should try one of them, especially because you get these guys that like buy the the old amplifier. They buy a vintage strat or a less pole going for like, you know, the cream era, you know, 50s and 60s tone. Mm -hmm. And but they never go to the pure nickel string, and that's what everybody was using back then. That, that was the electric guitar string of the day. Um, so that, that's definitely tell, tell about what time, uh, you think early 70s? Okay, that, that's kind of when the uh high carbon steel came in, and then there was high carbon steel plated with nickel, so it wasn't uh -huh. pure nickel, it's just it just has a plating on it. Got it. Um, that's when the the magnetism goes up and they, those strings of course the modern that's the modern electric guitar string um 
and that has a lot more output than a pure nickel would. But it's a okay. different tone, you know. Um, the, the pure nickel is a, is a very warm tone. It almost sounds like a kind of a worn modern day string, you know, like when it's yeah a couple of weeks old when it just kind of settles in and, and rounds out a little bit. Right. And then it stays there a very long time because nickel doesn't really tarnish as fast as um, so the, the strings they actually last a pretty good time on you. So oh, that's you know, interesting. It's a unique tone and and it lasts. So that definitely something you know people should try, especially if they're vintage inspired, going for um, '60s era's tone or early Van Halen. You know they should give them a while. Yeah, absolutely. So then we got half rounds here. So then the half round that starts out as a regular round wound, like an XL string, uh, but then that gets polished down to be flat. Oh. Um, so that goes kind of in between a jazz string and a standard electric guitar string. It's it's going to be darker than a regular guitar string, but it's not going to be as dark as a true uh, flat wound jazz string. It kind of gives you a middle ground. Huh. Okay. Uh, the XTs. So the XT, that's a newer string. So that's one of our coded strings. So we have two coded strings. You'll see the XT up there. And then in that white package, just a little bit over, you see the XS. Mm -hmm. They're uh -huh. really just two different ways of coding a string. Um, the XT, we actually apply a treatment to the string. It's applied to the wrap wire before we make the string. Um, so it feels, it feels really natural. It feels like an uncoded string and you get extended, a very good extended life. Okay. The XS, we actually take the finished string and we apply a wrap to it, hmm. uh, that gets wrapped on the string and then, uh, it's heated. So that it's almost like, uh, like shrinking onto the string that provides the longest, uh, life possible because nothing is getting it, it prevents any kind of dirt from getting in between the windings mm. um and that coating that film that goes onto the string it gives the string a slight slickness not slippery um mm. but it, it does take a little bit of friction away um so if that's our longest most you know a longest lasting string and um, from its own perspective does it how, how would you say that it impacts the tone at all? It's really hard to tell. To be honest with you, both of those strings, you can, the the tone, the film that we apply to that is like a tenth of human hair. Hmm. It's so thin that you really can't even hear it. I mean, I would I would be hard pressed for someone to really tell that it's a coded string if they just strummed it. Okay. Back in the day, when when coded strings first started, you could definitely tell that it was a coded string they definitely yeah. had a little bit of high end lopped off right yeah but, but these days the coding technology is so you know we've, we've really worked extensively on all the coding technologies we use and you really can't tell anymore hmm. that's cool okay so now we're at the xl uh and the xl is the that's just a standard guitar string that's what we've been making since uh like i said the early 70s and what's the difference again between this and and the nickel going back to the pure to that would just be the wrap wire so all of our strings use um a hexagon core back in the day it used to be a round core hmm. uh round core strings are good but they're troublesome uh because if, if you think about a round perfectly round core and then you're wrapping a round wrap wire on top of it there's really nothing for them to kind of grip onto 
And what happens is you have to end up winding the string and then you have to um, basically like crimp it so that the what the, the outer wrap wire doesn't want to doesn't spring off. Uh-huh. And what happens with a lot of people if they get a round core string and don't really know how to string their guitar, especially if you go into like, say, like a, uh, a slot head old strat, if you cut that string, what usually happens is that the windings shift a little bit. Once those windings shift a little bit, the intonation of the string is is toast. Hmm. So we don't do any round core strings. Everything that we do is is hexagon shape because uh-huh. it just uh-huh. makes a tr- really true. Uh, int- it, it just intonates perfectly. perfectly. Um, so the main difference there is that it has the hexagon core between those two, and one is a pure nipple, n- nickel wrap, and then the other one is a high carbon steel wrap. So the XL has a high carbon steel wrap. Got it. Nickel plated high carbon steel. Got it. Okay. And now we're at NYXL. NYXL. So that uses the wire that we draw in house. Um, the main thing with the NYXL is really the uh, tuning stability is like off the charts. Um, in all of our lab tests, it actually uh, it it's a hundred and thirty percent improved tuning stability. Um, they are great strings and even when you put first put them on a guitar uh when you go to you know everyone stretches out a string um they settle in almost immediately um you know there's really no you know that's true time period where you know you're going out of tune it's like half the stretching time really and one thing it's funny because a lot of people talk about the string stretching uh they're metal they really don't stretch <laughs> all that much <laughs> you know re- really what you're doing you're getting all the slack out so you're getting the slack out from it wrapping around your tuning tuning peg you're mm-hmm. getting the slack out of where the wire wraps around the ball end because that's going to neck down as you as you tighten the string as it pulls it into the bridge mm-hmm. and then even like when the string passes over the bridge saddles you know it's not like a perfect right angle it's going to have like a little bit of an arc that's going to settle and actually pull down and then the same thing when it goes over the nut it's going to have like a slight arc at first and then it's going to to pull down and settle in so when you're stretching your strings you're not really stretching the strings not getting longer uh, you're you're actually just getting all the slack out of all the different areas of contact. Hmm. That makes sense. And then the pro steels. Pro steels. That's a stainless steel string. So that's like really, like a lot of like you know like really heavy guys. Um, you know, doing the, you know crazy hardcore stuff like that. Uh, we'll go for this because it's like really bright, really crunchy. Hmm. Uh, that's the brightest string you, you can get. They're, they're they're pretty bright. I've never tried them. Have yeah. you did? No, and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not for it's me. Really, thing, but it's a really interesting sound. I mean, I, I prefer the nickels myself, but um, it's a it, it's an interesting sound. That's cool. Yeah. And of course, you can get all the different um, and all the different gauges, different gauges, and everything. Yeah, wild. That's great. Um, oh, so. Let me go, let me just also mention while I'm sharing uh, my screen here that we also have fixpedalboards.com, uh, who is our other sponsor. So Tim, what's up, Tim? Make sure you guys check out fixpedalboards.com. Yep, uh, he hasn't updated his site yet. What's going on, Tim? Get on. <laughs> <laughs> He was just chatting with me. 
Oh yeah. I'm just busting his balls. We haven't met yet, but uh I look forward to talking to him. Um but yeah, that's cool. Uh so make sure you guys check out his stuff. And we also have a super chat from Smytree. Thanks for the super chat. Quick ask <laughs> Dave. John DeShane and I are having a jamboree this weekend. I'm torn between two tequilas, Don Julio Blanco or Casamigos <laughs> Blanco. Always a great show. Great to hear from Rob. Cheers. Well, uh, well, here, here's the uh, here's the thing. Are you going to be mixing these tequilas with any, anything? Because if you're going to mix them with anything, mm. it might not matter. Uh, and if you're not going to mix them, don't get Blanco. Get something like Reposado at least. And uh, of those two, I would say just get the Casa Amigos. Hmm. If okay. you're putting it in a margarita, it almost doesn't matter. So either one of those would be fine. Dave, I think I owe you a bottle of tequila from all the questions I asked you when I was buying my Friedman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he won't say no. I, was... <laughs> I, I unfortunately on uh, Steve Refrat show the other night, uh, one one of my bottles went completely away. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I was peppering you with a lot of questions when I was buying it. Yes. Which one you get? <laughs> I, the B50. I, I, I got the BE50, yes. I love that amp. The deluxe. Yeah, yep. the deluxe. Amazing. That's cool. Yeah. I um I, I need to I need to get another B uh another Freeman amp at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't have really enough. I don't have enough. No, I don't. <laughs> no, we were talking, I wanted to get the dirty Shirley, but you said you, you know. Oh yeah, twin sister or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's right over which yeah. way that way yeah that's the, cool. that's the amp that's kind of but like i'm really jonesing for or i i will say the phil x amp also really still there's something about that amp that i i don't know or the jakey lee amp that you can't get anymore yeah well that's true well have you considered the 20 watt jakey lee that could happen <laughs> <laughs> maybe um there might be there might be another amp down the road that's coming that will be cool too okay i know you have something else coming too so um it's all sorts of things yeah right, we're interested now actually i actually have things like stacked up now to to come out eventually ah that's my buddy Devin. oh cheers fellas here's some money for the tito's fun rob <laughs> <laughs> my wife loves tito's also Yes, I'm a, I'm a big Tito's guy. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it just because it's easy on the stomach? Because I, I find that it it actually it doesn't really have a hangover, and it's you don't really doesn't mess up your stomach. Yeah, Tito's is good vodka. I'm just more of a vodka guy. Yeah. I don't know, but it, but Tito's is made from it's different. It's not corn. made from potatoes, right? I think it's corn. It's corn, right? I think. Yeah. I think so. You make it. It's good. It is good. Oh uh keith axel one of the things i love the dario does with strings is offering the bulk box option yeah so we have a big box that you can actually that has 25 sets of strings in it and you just basically just pull one string out at a time it's yeah it's, it's actually it's great if you go through a lot of strings it's a nice option wow i should get that so should i i have one yeah. in my, seriously i should have one in i got one in my garage yeah, you know, it's a really good thing to actually get because the one thing I hate is I, I'm always just, if I wouldn't say always, but when I break a string, 
it's just one, right? And it's usually the high E. And then I'm like, oh, I just, you know, then I'm opening a whole new set, you know, and then I've got this whole other set that's just sitting there because so I just replaced my. <laughs> What's that? Or just replace the whole set? Replace the whole set. Yeah, but I'm a. That's I mean, a lot of work, though. It's yeah. Sometimes I'm just lazy, <laughs> and I just want to throw. You know, you just want to throw the e on, and then you just got like I got to hope open up a whole other set, and then I've just ruined that set. Yeah, it's like so, all, this, is like all the shop guitars that I have sitting around me here. It's just like in their various states of strings being a year old or more. You know, just like ooh, I should restring that one of these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But those are the ones, the ones that are just hang around the shop. Those are perfect ones for the coated strings. Yeah, hey, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not that into coated strings, really. But have you tried it? Try the new ones. Yeah, I'll send you some. Okay. <laughs> I'll try them. I'm actually more interested in the nickels. I actually like you know what I for on acoustic guitars. I like the coated strings because they just last a long time. Electric, I think electric guitar strings last a long time. You know, like just because of the nature of the material. But when you have like that guitar that you don't play that often, it, it's nice to throw a coated uh, coated set on it. That way, you know, like when you go grab it, the strings are going to be good on it. Rather than like you restring it once, you put the guitar away, you don't play it for six months, and then you take it out of case, and the strings are like shot just from sitting right. there, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll do the coded ones on one side, just don't play as often, just to keep the strings fresh. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Which coded ones, though? Uh, for the electric, I would try the XTs. Okay. You, you won't even be able to tell the code. That's cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try them. Um, why not? You know, but I mean, I find that the MYXLs last a long time. Also, they do last a long time. Yeah, they and they sound great for a for a long time. And and, they, and I doubt you ever did. You ever break an MYXL? I no. doubt you ever broke one. No, the only thing that I was having with the the, the initial problem that I I contacted you about was they were rusted. But like I think I I said yeah, that. Weird. Yeah, weird. They were, I think they were fake or whatever. So, so when we did our testing on the NYXL. If you take like a, a regular standard guitar string, like our XLs or whatever, if you do like a two hole step bend, which is a huge bend, but right, people do it. John Sykes, he's, that, that's a typical bend for him. If you do a two hole step bend, your that string now is basically at ninety percent of its break strength. You're you're pretty close. Uh, with the NYXL, we got that bend down to under seventy five percent of its break strength. Mm. What is different? What's different about the wine? What's different about the metal? It's really just the way we draw it down. Uh, just the techniques that we use. So now that we have the, our own, we, we were just able to really play with the parameters of, of drawing that wire hmm. um, that we, you can just basically manipulate the properties of the string. Hmm. But it's not frozen or is that like, no. you know, yeah. oh, I've heard some crazy you know, let's freeze the tubes. Let's free. I know the cryogenic cryo cryo tubes. Tubes. That, that was that was big a while ago, right? Cryogenic, oh, please. But yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we. I mean, we we played around with that years and years ago. Yeah, it was fun to put a banana in there and then drop the banana on the floor and watch it shatter. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, then of course, you have uh, Eddie's old trick where he used to boil his strings. What do you think about that? Well, supposedly, supposedly, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that was just from the fact that he was at the time was poor. Yeah, that's what makes the most. I mean, sense it, to me. 
He's just yeah. reusing them, right? I think Either yeah, that or telling would, a story. Yeah, if you blow your strings, I guess it would get a, a, get rid of some of the contaminants, but I don't think it's really going to rejuvenate a string. Yeah. And what do you think about um stuff that you put on your strings, like uh, like fingeries? Or, think, any of or to this other crap that you can, you know, that you can. I mean, we, we have a product to uh, accelerate that does that. And, you know, a lot of people just, they like the real, a real slick feel to their string. And that's what those products do. Um, so if it works for you, great. You know, uh, it's not going to really hurt the string or anything like that. But um, mostly that's just for people that want a really slick feel on their strings. Yeah, I happen to, I do kind of like that extra you know just fast being yeah. able to kind of like you know wiggle around on the board really quickly yes you know without the the least amount of friction i guess and that stuff is really good i find that it works really good too um during the summer months if you're playing outdoors when it's like really humid and like the strings could kind of get a little sticky um it's great for like that type of environment like if you're really doing a hot show in hot humid weather it'll actually slick up the strings a little bit for you yeah Oh, that's cool. I'll have to try that. Your stuff is called Accelerator? Accelerate, yep. Yeah, XLR8. Okay. Oh, cool. Uh, we've got a super chat from Adam uh, Arsenault. Thanks, Adam. Uh, but I don't see your question. Um, if I find it, I'll let you know. Um, Dave, did you happen to see it at all? Uh, I don't know. I'm glancing somewhere else in the chat right now. Okay. Uh, Billy's Bong Waters. That's a nice chat uh, screen name. <laughs> uh, Bill L. Uh, Dave, I solved the 2204 master volume problem I asked you about on the last episode. I sold it and bought a run 50. <laughs> That's a good way to get rid of that. Uh, Perfect. Rob, can you comment on the effect of different string materials on fretware? Oh, that's a cool question. Yep. So, yes, they will. Uh, really, the only one that I would say you, you don't have to worry about it, but it is harsher on your frets would be the stainless steel. Uh, so the stainless steel strings would definitely are rougher on your frets and will weigh your frets faster. Um, as far as the regular XLs, the NYXL or pure nickel, you know, the, there's really no worry. Mm -hmm. it, they'll wear it, it, it as normal. Yeah, it's just normal, normal wear. Uh, really, it's only the stainless steel strings. They, they definitely are rough on your frets for sure. Huh. Wow. Yeah, because it's probably putting more friction and mm -hmm. and it's just hard, and it's harder. Yeah, it's harder and it's rough material. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I hope I don't. I didn't miss uh, Adam's question, but I didn't see it. Adam, if you have a question, let us know, man. Uh, I don't see BB tonight, although Ben's here. I should make Ben a uh, no. I can't. I don't. I'm not able to do it. I guess if Ben's the uh, moderator, let me know, Ben. Um, let's see. Did, did I miss another question? Oh, here it is. Adam. He asked it again. Rob, been using Dodario strings for 25 years. The best. What are your thoughts on bullet end strings for Strat trims? They work. Uh, we don't do anything like that, you know, for in our product line, you know, that's strictly a fender thing. Mm. And I think the purpose of it was just, um, 
it would sit in that spot, you know, better. And then I think when you, if you broke a string or changed strings, it would come out easier. I think mm -hmm. that was the purpose. Um, but as far as just holding the string in, you know, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I know that I think Ed used those too, right? The bullet end. I think originally. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, did it prevent the string from turning? Well, you just think normally you got a ball ball end on on a string and it doesn't when you know and you have a strat a hole in a strat that's milled out and it it you know the ball end can kind of sit a little cockeyed in there. Yeah, it's uh, where the where, where that was designed to just go right in the strat bridge and sit perfectly every time. Right, and prevent any kind of movement whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as like you know, helping out with tunings to you know, or, or stability or something like that, once you get the tension on the ball end, it, it's going to find its spot and it's just going to sit there. And once it's locked in, it's not going to move on you. Right. Most likely, yeah. Um, thanks, Adam, for the question. Uh, and then we've got uh, Bull in a China Shop contribution for the Tequila Fund. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ben says, I tried bullet ends on my strat. They work marginally better, but the strings died fast. Hmm. Interesting. I remember oh. having them when I was a kid or something, but I, I haven't used them since. I have never tried them ever, even on a strat. I remember ha having them when I first started guitar again. Huh. Um, yeah, that's interesting. What about uh, like other metals that other or other alloys or whatever you want to call them that other companies use like cobalt and some of this other stuff that i mean they're all going to have a sound um you know each metal is going to have a, a specific tone frequency um cobalt uh we we never really uh, played with that material ourselves mm. um and then I also they're going to have different magnetic properties right so they'll, they'll have slightly different outputs it's like rnyxl uh, when you look at that, when we look at compared to an XL, the NYXL gives, has a slight boost in the 1 to 3K region, which actually is kind of a popular area to boost a guitar to cut through. Um, it's not dramatic, but, you know, it definitely has like a little bit of an extra area in there over the uh, XL strings. Hmm. So, yeah, different materials will definitely, you know, give you a different tonal spectrum. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. I tried the cobalt and I didn't like it. You know what? I also, also didn't like it was much rougher. I just found that yeah, it was rough on my fingers. Yeah, yeah, I almost felt like it was like it just felt a lot rougher. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not really into that. Um, I'm gonna have to get some nickel strings. Like they're cool. They definitely, yeah. <laughs> L. Scott wrote, "You can just buy extra sets of high E's, Mark." <laughs> really can i do that you can do that mark i i i really wasn't aware that you can <laughs> i think you know a guy i do know a guy okay that's interesting all right all right i never really put much thought into that but okay <laughs> that's funny um here we got a question is the runt dave's favorite all-arounder every time he talks about it you can see he really loves its straightforward options um, you know, it, I mean, they're all good. I mean, the rut has a certain percussiveness I like. 
Uh, and it is a very useful amp that doesn't cost you a ton of money. I mean, I guess it's a lot more than some amps, of course, but, uh, you know, you get a, a fender clean essentially and, uh, and a great drive channel and it's just real simple. And I, I like things that are kind of simple, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's funny. Cause you know, there Every are, time a- I play it. I'm like, that sounds great. <laughs> Yeah, I never played the um but you're talking about the run fifty? Yeah. Yeah, I've never played that one. It really sounds good. Yeah. Is that the regular B E channel? Yeah, it's a B E channel, but I mean on that particular amp it sounds pretty percussive sounding and not not much muck in it. It's kind of tight. Hmm. A little a little bit more so than some other amps. Hmm. So I want to ask you something. Something struck me interesting. I'm not gonna show the ad or talk about where the ad is or anything, but <laughs> There was an ad for uh, your you modded an eight hundred amp, yeah, um, and it had a BE and an HBE channel uh, that they said that was in it, and um, and they're like, I compared it next to a BE one hundred and it blew it away. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, why would it blow away a BE one? <laughs> like, isn't it the same thing? Like, isn't aren't you just putting in the same circuit in you know? Uh, jcme 100 i mean yes or no but what what era be 100 how was the power section in the b 100 set up older era amps had lower filtering on the marshall it might have been higher filtering uh hmm. it's kind of apples and oranges in some respect but you okay. know uh so yes it could have it, it maybe the one he compared it to he liked it better so so all right well all right so much for my theory <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I would say a newer amp, like a B100 Deluxe, would allow you to pretty much tweak it to however you want it to sound, and compared to that amp, you'd probably get the same sound. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you got to do stuff with an amp switcher, too. You can't do any of this. Oh, yeah, it's better. See, it's better. Oh, no, wait. Hold on. Amp right. switcher, blindfold. Let's go. <laughs> Dial them in the same, in you know, back and forth, and then you tell me. It That's sounds really like you have to do. Like, you can't just yeah. go back and forth. No, right. because your eyes will tell you, oh, you know, see, the Marshall's better yeah. <laughs> or something. So you know? And by the time you change the wires and everything, your ear already forgot. Yeah. You're comparing it to. I, I mean, I've run into that a zillion times. But if you can really, like, split second compare, yeah. Yeah. that's that's really the thing to do. Exactly. Um, yeah, but it struck me because I was like, oh, maybe this is just a good sales pitch. I mean, it did get me to think. I'm like, oh, an 800 modded by Dave. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's but every single one of those things will come out different. Yeah. Okay. Depending on what era, what amp it is, how, you know, what I did exactly in that particular amp for someone. Right. What transformers are in that amp? Yeah. Exactly. Um, Simon, what's up, Simon? Uh, thanks for the super chat. Nice to meet you, Rob. I've been using NYXL since they came out, and they're amazing. Reese at the Dario down here in Australia sent me the XTs to try out, and now they're on all my studio guitars. They they don't come out as much. Oh, nice. Yep, awesome. Yes, Reese is a great guy. That's cool. He works at our... uh, We have a just... um, The Dario Australia, so he works in that office. So all the strings that are made in America are all shipped over there. All shipped over there. So we have our own distribution in Australia, China, UK... France, and I know I'm forgetting one. There's another one there. Uh, so we have our own teams in each of those countries in charge of getting the product out. 
and do you sell direct to customers or is it just through you could buy it off the website yeah you know definitely um but you know it's probably just as easy to go through the dealers right right what are, what are your thoughts on buying stuff like people buying strings on amazon you can't avoid it in this day and age it's just it is what it is probably not a good idea right the only problem, I mean, on Amazon, if if you are going to run into a counterfeit, probably that's where it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you go to a local music store, I doubt they're going to be dealing with counterfeit strings. Um, I think that's where I bought my MYXLs, by the way. Uh, so, you know, yeah, nothing against Amazon, you know, but it's just that, you know, there's a lot of third party sellers on Amazon. So the the product that actually Amazon is shipping that they're warehousing and shipping to you is going to be legit but you know you have third-party people selling stuff on amazon as well so you know you can't really tell with what they're doing yeah that's the risk you know. um nag has a question for you dave what's the big difference from the be 100 v1 versus the v2 he doesn't say what's the big difference he says big difference from the be 100 v1 versus the v2 but oh, I guess it is a question. It is a question. Yeah. I don't know what V1 and V2 is. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's been so many like little things over the years that have changed. There is no V1 or V2 or version this or version that. Like I mean, do you mean like the B100 and the B100 Deluxe? I mean, the B100 Deluxe would have all the bells and whistles that I've ever put in anything on it. So that would be the difference. And also, newer B100s are more aggressive than older ones, meaning they're tighter and brighter. Because everyone asked for it to be tighter and brighter. The older ones were darker and a little, maybe a little smoother in, in respects. Hmm. Okay. But you can do that with a deluxe. You just have to know how to turn the knobs. Gotcha. Um, Hopefully that described it. Okay. <laughs> Question for Dave. What does it mean when people describe an amp as 3D sounding? Also heard it was possible by using a tube that would unbalance a phase inverter like a 12DW7. Any thoughts? Oh, that, that's so subjective to uh, 3Ds. Everyone's idea of what 3d is is a whole different to me the amp sounds like it's less one-dimensional and is just like deeper sounding but how how you necessarily go about that unbalancing the pi is not necessarily going to do it i mean most pis are unbalanced anyway really uh nothing's perfect balanced i also kind of at least for me is when you know, if you hit a chord and you start hearing like different overtones, you know, different har- harmonics makes it sound more three dimensional, bigger. Sure. Than just, you know, at least that's kind of how I describe it. Um, okay. Uh, yes. Cobalt was really harsh on Fretwire. I can imagine that. Yeah. I took it off real quick. I was like, oh, this shit sucks. <laughs> quite honestly i didn't like it at all um but yeah uh i did notice that too i thought that was really it was just very harsh 
Um, Oof. Yeah. There's there's a question coming. <laughs> uh, Mike Goodman, Super Chat. Oh. Uh, Dave, I'm a jazz guitarist that occasionally likes to crank up an amp that plays ACDC. Do you make an amp that does both? Jazz tone like West Montgomery. Man, that that's that's tough. Um well you need an amp with a really good clean sound, probably relatively dark. Um I don't make something that does that exactly what you're describing. But in re in reality, maybe maybe a runt fifty might be okay because you could get it's a really good clean sound. And you can probably darken it up enough where it'll it'll sound good for like a jazz type thing. Mm. And I don't know if you can bring the drive down enough. Maybe you can with the boost off and the gain back a little bit to do ACDC. Maybe. There's yeah. something not something specifically targeted at that. Yeah, that's an odd pairing. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, I have to tell you, the clean channel on the BE50 that I got is incredible. Oh, yeah. It is awesome. Absolutely. That's a good one. Fender, Fender like, that's our, the Bucks and Betty clean. Yep. Yeah, that's what I have on my 100 that you did for me, Dave. Bucks and Betty clean. Yeah. It's great clean. Um, Although sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had him put the plexi channel in there. Then I'm like, ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be the different amp that you need. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Billy Bongwaters. Some of the Amazon strings are so crappy, I'm done buying them from there. I've been screwed too much. Yeah, I, I really do think that's where I bought my strings. Use our link. Go to Sweetwater. Buy some strings from Sweetwater. You know you're going to get the real thing at Sweetwater. That's yep. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. That's for sure. Uh, John DeShane, what's up, man? Thank you. Ran NYXL since they came out. Awesome strings. Went through 10 sets that were horrible. Dead out of the box. Bad tuning. Did you change something? Hmm. Nothing. I would actually say call our customer service line and they will take care of you. Huh. Yeah, if you run into that, definitely. So you guys, you have yeah. a customer service line that will deal with that kind of stuff. Yep. You'll actually get a human, too. Wow. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you won't be in an endless uh, switchboard. Oh, um, and they're really good. Yeah, you get to send them an email. They get right back to you because um, that does not sound typical. Um, yeah, that's one of the things about the change in customer service in this day and age it sucks it, it drives me nuts when you when you call any company and you're just pressing menu buttons and menu buttons and menu buttons and you just cannot talk to somebody going operator <laughs> you know like you just want to circumvent the whole thing and you just want to go yeah I speak to somebody customer service well we, we fixed that problem entirely there is no phone number for Friedman <laughs> <laughs> but I will I will Answer your email promptly. <laughs> you are personally. Yeah, you're good with emails. Yeah, personally, I'll answer it promptly. So if you email Friedman, you'll get me. Uh, personally, I can just manage it better if it's in, in email form than sitting there. You know, I, I tried to vet it out first before I have to talk to someone. <clears throat> um, and most of the time, it can all be done via email. 
Um, and they have a record of everything that was said too, which is nice. Yeah, yeah that's true. Stephen Douglas, Rob, am I crazy? But are the NYXL stream strings seem more slinky when new, but stiffen as they age? If so, I would why? say you're crazy. No, um, they no, they shouldn't get stiffen as they get older. Definitely not. Um, L. Scott Music. Wait, people are demanding their brown eye be tighter and brighter. What have we come to? <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry, I thought that was a real question. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. Um, let's see. Did I just see Bruce Agnator in the chat? Was he here? Maybe I'm wrong. It just like skipped for me. Um, but I thought I... So maybe I'm wrong. I scrolled by and then it like skipped on me. Um, I don't think so. Maybe. Uh, hey, Dave, can you elaborate a little bit and talk about the PT20? Uh, and Rob, what's your favorite sounds on your BE50? Thanks, guys. Uh, PT20, it's a kind of a darker 20-watt amp. No, it has no presence. It's a single channel. It's essentially kind of a tweaked BE channel um not exactly though it's a little different for that particular amp and power section it's definitely a darker voiced amp it can be made to be brighter but uh out of the box it's a brighter or darker style amp hmm. uh no no negative feedback it's uh it really feels really good under the fingers yeah i had one it was great um i had the wildwood edition uh, and Rob, what's your favorite sounds on your BE50? I, I'm I'm pretty old school, so I pretty much live on the BE channel and ride my volume. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have the gain all the way. Like I I see people like asking what kind of boost to use on a BE, and I'm like, why do you need a boost? It's got so much. Gain. I feel the same. <laughs> and I don't even have it on the highest settings. So my structure I have on the mid, the middle setting. Also the lowest uh no the middle gain one okay yeah yeah, okay what is that like a little less yeah yeah a little a little less and i mean that's perfect for me and then i just ride my volume all night Mm -hmm. so you are you still gigging yeah a lot uh we i played a cover band out here on the island everything's cover bands on on long island uh so i play in a band and i play pretty much every weekend we do about 80 to 100 gigs a year wow that's a lot that's a lot of gigs music do you guys do is it like one one like a tribute kind of thing or are you just doing no it's all like party rock we'll go everything from like classic rock to like you know modern day stuff like you know zeppelin van halen you know all all kinds of stuff so we're all over the map that's great and then we do like like it is fun then we have a whole set that's just like all like 80s rock uh and it's so I don't, I don't know what it is about 80s but the second you start playing 80s places just like erupt it's so funny erupt they go crazy and they drink a lot of beer exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> and the bar's happy because everyone's drinking <laughs> so yeah we just do it it's just like a, it's pretty much party rock that's great yeah I, I love it i used to do it i used to sounds like fun it. yeah it, it's a good time and um yeah so i i I'm really just living on the BE. I, I go to the HBE just for solos. Right. Um, with the gain turned down a little bit. 
and then um yeah it sounds awesome and then i'm using your um uh captor x profile oh, yeah i'm using oh, your greenback cabinet ah cool they sound great man don't they it sounds it's it's amazing sound great it sounds huge up front yeah nice and easy always the same sound all the time it, it's perfect yeah. everything just yeah it's great so are you finding that even small play i mean clubs that you're playing at they do you always pl- go front of house with, with yeah them? but you do i mean you have a cab on stage i have a cab on stage yeah, yeah. oh you do okay yeah. so he just he just sending that to Mike. i'm just sending uh the, the cab x to the front of house i see okay gotcha i hate it's weird I, I i i can't get used to a guitar coming at me from a monitor it, it it's i don't know it doesn't feel natural i have to hear it from behind me yeah so i have like no guitar on my monitor i just make the volume coming from behind me so i can hear myself and then the cab x goes to the front of the house there you go it, i can't do the monitor thing it just doesn't work i i need the monitor when i when we used to do it live i, I want the monitor for the singer just so i can hear I, I have my vocals coming out of it. I just don't like yeah. guitar monitors. No, no, but it was always just to hear the singer. Like, I just yeah. wanted to hear, you know. It always has, like, like this high-end thing to it. Like, just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of kills I, the tone for me. I know what you're saying. Uh, Cecil Music says, I can attest that Dario has fantastic customer service. That's awesome. Good to hear. I, uh, I did pick up the, uh, I saw it today, the Steve Stevens cab pack. Yeah. Yeah. I came out today, didn't it? Or yesterday or today? I think today or something. Yeah. But it's not his Steve Stevens cabinet, right? It's just uh or is it? It's or his it's, cab, yeah. It's a bunch no, of cab. I mean, but the Freed the Friedman Steve Stevens cab. I don't know what cab. cabinets he did actually. I know he did some older marshals he had and some uh some different things. Cause I, I saw someone said, Oh, more Friedman cabs, and I think Guillaume said, Well, these are different cabs from steve yeah so yeah cool yeah i definitely want to check them out more friedman cabs well you know we really haven't done friedman cabs like all the ones in my pack are are old old, you know marshall cabs that's true except one there's one that's a friedman cab the the profile I'm, i'm using the most is your friedman cab with the greenbacks think there was two in there with greenbacks yeah there's the bear cabinet that has the bare wood that's right. greenbacks right and then there's uh like a black friedman cabinet that's used in the black friedman one yeah that has a greenback and or a vintage 30 yeah. right so that's so that's like a friedman cabinet. yeah that is a friedman cap yeah okay but it's not like we we don't done a friedman pack so to speak right you it's should. a dave friedman collection right that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, L. Scott Music asks, is, isn't there a Dodario building in Sunland? What do you do there? Can one get a tour if it's cool stuff there? Where is Sunland? California no out here. That could be, showroom? They, that could be actually where they're doing the reads, possibly. Oh. There wouldn't be any winders there, though. No, no strings there. <laughs> That's only on Long Island. Oh, this is interesting. Does the Dario make strings for PRS? Love the NYXLs, but the same question set. Not a bet. Not a good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I want to say that we do make strings for other brands, and that's pretty much our blank statement. Okay. <laughs> NDAs. <laughs> <laughs> we we do make strings for other brands, but I, I we can't tell who we make them for. Oh, all right, that makes sense. Uh, signature PRS is a perfect set for my custom twenty four for some reason, huh? I actually did buy a set of PRS strings, and I was like, "Why did I do that?" <laughs> I was like, "Am I ever going to use them?" Uh, they're still sitting in the box. Um, Dave, what speakers do you design your amps around? Uh, Greenbacks and vintage thirties, mostly. That's pretty much all I use. So. The basics, and I like both. So I'm, I'm not like. That's why that's why the the Friedman cabinet has a mix. It's a blend because there's elements of both speakers that I think are cool. They blend great, especially like when you double track, you do one yeah, thirties, one greenback, and, and surprisingly, vintage thirties track really well. Uh, maybe sometimes almost better than a greenback. It's kind mm -hmm. of interesting. Uh, maybe when you, if you're sitting in front of them, that might not be the case. You put them on a mic in the studio, might be a different story. I always find people that that kind of rag on vintage thirties. Don't play live. <laughs> Vintage thirties cut really well because they're rough when you're in a room, just like playing by your, you know, just practicing by yourself. Yeah, I can yeah. see how people don't like like it's too spiky or it's too cutting. But when you're on stage with Vintage thirties, it's like that's where there's the punch. It just yeah. cuts through a band, you know. It's well, in the past, it was really cool because it, you know it it would never get no matter how loud you were playing if you were if you were a loud player, they would hold together. You know, mm -hmm. greenbacks after a while start getting soft sounding. They're being played really loud and uh, a little mushy. So hmm. this is the whole concept of when I when I did that, when I do the cab with the two speakers on top that are greenbacks and the vintage 30s in the bottom. Well, makes sense to me because the vintage 30s are going to push the air. You want to get them away from your ear a little bit. It's a little nicer on your ear with the greenbacks on top. Hmm. And it just kind of gives a little oof on the bottom. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Mark Aromi, Dave, how long does it take for the BE50 to warm up the tubes before they're ready to go? I run my volume around one to two. I just go right, boom. Uh, Turn it on. How long? I don't, I mean, don't ask me about the, 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 the like literally, if I turn an amp on, both switches get flicked on at the same time. <laughs> I, I don't even use my standby switch. I, uh, I mean, it doesn't really. I, I I'll abuse mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't let it warm up. I mean, as soon as it's yeah. as soon as they turn it on. I mean, you know, it, it takes a second. Like if they're EH EL thirty fours in the amp, those do take a little while to stabilize. I mean, but you know, several minutes and it's it's there. Are you if, more if like you watch those? If you watch the bias on those when you first turn an amp on, they they're very slow to come up to full bias. Hmm. Interesting. Are you more likely to blow a tube in the when you first turn an amp on, or when no. the amp's been on for a while, or it doesn't matter at all? Doesn't matter. Okay. It's it's happened to me uh, in different times on my B B one hundred, and they're JJ's all the time. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I, I need to change. I need to get electric. I like how the JJs sound, but the, occasionally you flip them on and they're just like poop. Bye bye. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I just retubed my BE 
it was sounding a little funky and I put my meter on the tubes and one, one tube was reading totally fine, like 30 milliamps. Yeah. Then the next one was down to like 14. Oh yeah. I was just being weird. Yeah. It's, Jason Constantine said that was me, Mark, uh, with the comment on Guillaume's post. <laughs> and he corrected me. No Friedman cabs, just Steve's Marshalls. Okay. Gotcha. There you go. Um, Robert Ramford have been using the Dario's as far as I can remember. They were the only ones that didn't rust on me too quickly. The XS and XTs are quite long lasting. <coughs> Great. Yep. Yeah, make good. sure you guys go to Sweetwater and use our link and check out these strings. There are some people that can just kill a set of strings. Like, oh yeah, you just don't. It's like I don't know what their body chemistry is. Like we have a guy in the office that like he's not allowed to touch any guitars. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it used to be. Before I remember guys. when I was a kid working at Andy Browers, we would restring Steve Lukather's guitars, and and Luke's like that. It's like acid hands. Oh, you just see if he kills them. Yeah, it's it. New it, set of strings. Five minutes, they're finished. <laughs> like literally five minutes. It's crazy. They're rust forming. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. I don't know. I it's amazing. I don't know what that is, but yeah, some people yeah. Just that. Some sort of acid in the, the, the moisture in your hands or something. Okay. I don't know. Too much coffee. I don't know. Something's going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's in the sweat or something. They just crazy. Maybe I got one. Little... Actually, I want to use these is that expand board that we got. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you just like undo these levers here and you just grow it out. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. They work good. And we only have two models. We have like a single row and a double row. Now, those aren't disposable, though. No. 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 <laughs> they, they look like they're going to last a while. You know? Yeah. You don't want to be just putting this is the bigger guy. This guy gets pretty huge. Oh wow. Yeah. You can uh, go from basically that up to yeah. Yeah. Did you guys patent that? Uh we do have a patent on it. Interesting. That's cool. Keep saying interesting. Um, Steve V, uh, does a high watt need feigned speakers? Not necessarily. No. Does sound good though. Do they still make feigned speakers? They're not the same feigns as the, the I mean the famous feigns were the cast frame feigns with the purple backs, uh, uh, which sound great. Uh, there's some great new Fane speakers, though. F70 is really good. Fryette uses a bunch. Hmm. Uh, John DeShane. Dave, my, thanks for the super chat, by the way. Dave, my EL34s I have from you are labeled 36. Isn't that a cold bias for a BE100 Deluxe? Well, they're labeled 36 because that's just how they're labeled off a matcher has nothing to do with what the amps bias to. And in reality, that wouldn't be a cold bias. In fact, that's higher than we, that's warmer than we would set them. We set them at around 32 per tube mm -hmm. from the factory. If you play your amp really loud, I'd even say 30. 
just actually sounds better around that area. Also, that depends on which EL34. You know, I think the last guy who, when, um, remember when I had those those caps replaced in my BE? Yeah. He biased the amp at that time. Uh-huh. And the guy who did it, I, I think he made it too, like he, I don't know if you call it too hot. He, he, it was like somewhere in the 36 range somewhere. Well, I mean, that's fine. I, I, really, to be it, honest. It sounds the, better, though. With a B100, anywhere from 30 to 40 is a perfectly acceptable range. It's just, it'll sound different, though. So yeah. you, have to, you have to decide where it sounds good to you. Well, I biased it the way you told me on this set of tubes and it sounds better like i was telling the guys i was telling michael nielsen and torin i was like the amp sounds so much better to me i'm like it's singing now compared to i think the bias was off. yeah there's a there's a thing that happens it's it's interesting you you can listen to them at all different bias levels and really get a feel for how, how it sounds but it it's it's kind of all relevant how loud are you playing mm. so yeah, I don't play that loud. If 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 you're gonna play reasonably loud, uh, you know, I know some players that I'll buy at thirty for sure. Hmm. Interesting. So if you if you play louder, then you would go a little bit lower. Yeah. Hmm. I t- I think I tend to generally most EL thirty fours I tend to like around. You know, I I say thirty to thirty two, so meaning I won't go less than thirty. So that if a couple tubes are a little higher, that's okay, right. you know, because mm-hmm. they there's never a perfect match. No, because you know, they're always within three or four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had one that was within like five. But <clears throat> but really, whatever you like, like I said, anywhere from thirty to forty, whatever you like the sound of. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Softec fifty eight eighty one power tubes, I like them at forty. I just think they sound much better at that spot for some reason. Which ones? I'm sorry, I missed. Sovtech 5881s, like like I use, oh, or like I was using in Twin Sisters and and Dirty Shirley's. So, what would be like the optimal um, bias for, like, say, the Saldano when it comes time for me to replace those? Uh, well, you're gonna have to listen on the thirty. You have to listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure on the thirty. I know hundreds I would bias it. I actually bias those 5081s to 40. Hmm. So I like how that, what it does on the Soldano. I have an old, oh, wait, which way? This way, right there. That's my old rack mount Soldano back there. Oh, yeah. I can't see it, but okay. Uh, it's, it's on the floor. On the floor back there, yeah. So it's a rack mount SLO 100? Yep. Oh, oh, that's cool. That's worth some money. That's a cool that, head. Yeah, it's a cool head. It's, uh, that's definitely worth money. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's heavy, too. Where did you get that from? <laughs> oh, that's sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Ugh. All right, everyone. Send Rob offers on how much you're going to pay for it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of money. I mean, those things are at least like six grand, at least. I, I have the, uh, the weight. More than that. I was going to say more, yeah. Is it more than that now? I think Probably. more than that. That has the. There'll uh, be a price that you'll sell it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can sell that one. That's a. That's a. Yeah, you should keep that. Don't keep no matter what. Yeah, that's. A, when did you get that? I've had that forever. God, so long. Yeah. Original? Like you originally bought it, or bought it, you... I bought it used. Yeah. Uh, God, 
15 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I think, so, I, you know, year, I think it's a 92 or something like that, early 90s. Probably got it for a good price then. Yeah, I got it for a nice price then, but yeah, now it's definitely worth a lot more. That's beautiful. That has the, the wafer bottom. Is that the wafer bottom yeah. 5881 Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. I, uh, you have to be careful with the preamp tube, so in that one, it's really picky. Oh, really? yeah. What do you like on it? Just noise wise, it's just that first tube you got to go through a couple to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Microphonic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Every time I got to retube it, finding, finding that V1 12AX7 is a bit of a hunt. Mm. Uh, Adam. Arsenal, thanks for the super chat. Dave, I own all your dirt pedals. Small box Unity volume is 12, while the Dirty Shirley and Sir Compry Unity volume is 9. Was this intentional when designing this small box pedal? I much prefer it. It's just a totally different circuit, so no, none of it was intentional. Hmm. I mean, I think I think the Dirty Shirley Unity gain is more like ten o'clock than nine o'clock, but um, no, it, I think just the signals padded down a little more uh, before the the uh, the master volume in the small box, but it's again it's a totally different pedal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, let's see, scrolling through here. John DeShane, what's up? Thank you. They are EHEL34s. I play at a moderate volume to high volume. It's bright for me, but awesome. Should I do anything to warm it up? Running a Variac at 117. What do you mean they are the EHEL34s? Did he have a previous question? I think he did. Let me go back. Dave, my EL thirty fours I have are you are labeled thirty. Oh, that was for the bias. Oh, well, what the the real question is, what is your amp bias to? Thirty six won't is not has nothing to do with what it's biased to. I mean, you'd have to check your wall voltage and then your bias to actually see what what it is. You know, could be it's maybe a little low. You know, maybe maybe it's running in the you know high twenties. Hmm. <clears throat> I've run my uh, or your wall voltage is really high and the amp just sounds a little harsh. Yeah, because you're it's one hundred and twenty six volts or one hundred twenty five volts, which any amp sounds harsh. So, um, running Variac a little lower or Brown Box or something is kind of cool. I I put a Variac on my BE. Not not to run it super low, but like just bringing it down to like somewhere around there, like 115, 117. Yeah. And it does it does a thing. It just sweetens it up just a little bit and it's it's way. Like, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, I agree. It's cool. But people with high wall voltage, and there are a lot of places in the US that have high wall voltage, they're 125 volts. It sounds harsh. Yeah, it will get harsh. Yeah. So yeah, try Varia. Andrew Spillane, Mark, what did you score at Wildwood? I have the same shirt, a twenty five hundred T that got shipped with a box <laughs> tab. <laughs> uh, when I bought this, I had actually bought a. Um, I didn't want to bother Dave. This was in the early days of our uh, our partnership on the show, and I didn't want to bother him about another amp. So I bought a Wildwood 
pink taco 20 um and, and then, then i promptly came. said why the hell did you get it from them exactly yeah <laughs> i remember you saying what and i was like i didn't want to bother you i've already asked you for like a gazillion things already <laughs> so um but yeah that's that's when i got the shirt so uh wildwood's great great store really nice people absolutely yeah they've got a great selection of stuff wildwood uh l scott music nebe deluxe sin module update i'm excited for this one uh it i'm coming I might I look might like you might be next to me i was <laughs> maybe not <laughs> that's funny i knew you were looking at something so i was gonna it's probably next to you um so that means it's close yes cool um let's see um going through questions have i missed anything uh i've never heard of these speakers what's your take on pulse sonic cones and 60 wide 65 watt speakers well the 65 watt celestians are awesome so i have i have one cabinet in fact that's in my pack there's a there's a cab that is uh 65 watt and uh i i love that cab it sounds great what's pulse sonic cones though i'm that's just the pulse sonic cones it's the cone manufacturer at the time oh okay yeah I wasn't familiar with that. Gotcha. Um, Hard to explain the differences, but it, it just it was a cool speaker. Oh, Simon says he has acid hands. When I was touring with Tommy Emmanuel, he told me <coughs> to change my acoustic guitar strings after I'd been playing it for five minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's you. It's, he's the guy. Yeah, you keep the Dario in business. <laughs> you got to make him a, a beta tester for raw coated strings. There you go. <laughs> Seriously. What's your test? So when once the coated stuff starts to wear off, can you, I mean, is. Or does it wear off? Does it wear off or how does that? Yeah. Yeah. You, usually what happens is that just the string gets fatigued over time just, just from being played. And then, um, you know, you'll notice the tone start drifting off. And, you know, the coating's not going to last forever. Um, but, you know, they last a pretty long time. So they, they are definitely a more expensive string, but you'll you'll definitely get your money's worth out of it. L. Scott Music, I'll be over cash in hand. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, no, no. That's funny. I never said anything. <laughs> uh john deshane thanks again man dave pedal board availability update we were just talking about that today uh avail update on time frame hmm that's a very good question uh we were making some final decisions on some stuff and there's going to be a couple new sizes uh there's going to be a bigger one but it's more of a stripped down. Unfortunately, I have to tell you that it's no more bags. Uh, COVID has ended that for us. <laughs> hmm. And um, 
they're just going to be everything's a la carte basically so you're going to be buying a, a board and then you're going to be buying if you want the 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 power supply you can buy that if you if you want the the buffer bay you can buy that it's not going to be a kit or anything no more bundles no more bundles it's just going to be bought that and unfortunately you know the, the prices have gone up a little bit sort of i mean the bag is backed out but prices have gone up a little bit cuz everything costs more now everything costs more yeah so um but you know reasonable but it is a high end board it's not you know you're not buying a pedal train so oh yeah i mean i've got know, i've got your pedal different price point you know it's yeah a, it's, it's, a, it's a different price point for a a better engineered board thank you tim <laughs> also tim makes those as well oh yeah awesome pretty much every po that we send out we just kind of wait for the email to come back saying what that the price went up yeah that's it's pretty much pretty normal pretty normal these days and it, you know it's not even everything so you know what it costs to truck it from wherever to wherever went up yep you know if it came ups or fedex that went up a lot I mean, I used to ship heads all over the country for $70, $80. The average price now is $130, you know, to ship a head across the country. And that's so, what I mean, <clears throat> you know, so that's that's a considerable, uh, you know. Yeah, you can't absorb that. And then if someone asks you, can you ship it today? I go, okay. I just copy and paste the prices right out of my FedEx and send it to them. They're like, never mind. <laughs> I don't need it that bad because <laughs> it scared me. <laughs> what is it like? Four hundred bucks? Yeah, I mean, it used to be like you could maybe send something ahead. Maybe I mean, it was expensive, but you know, like if you send it three day or something, it wasn't that much more expensive. Not now. Mm. Now it's like a couple hundred dollars more. Crazy. So it's like $320 instead of $120. Devin Hassenflu. What's up, man? Uh, Dave, favorite OD pedal to go in front of your Plexi BE channel for some extra gain push? I love my Buxom Boost. That's a great pedal. That's a good pedal. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can kind of twist it to sound however you want it to sound. Stephen Douglas. Dave, what's your take on the Celestion V-type speakers? You know, I don't. I, they they sound a little stiff to me. Not the biggest fan of a V-type. Not my favorite. I have, uh, I have the Sir. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and the, the, the Celestion V-type. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about putting like a Greenback in there. I wonder what the difference would be yeah. i'm not saying it can't work with certain amps i mean i think everything should be evaluated with the amp that it's going to be played with mm -hmm. uh maybe the v type's perfect for something uh i just haven't found that to be the case in my combos or anything mm -hmm. i do really like the redback celestion though for combos it's got a nice sweet top end in an open back cabinet so it's not so bright and weird you know and uh it just really powerful and you can't blow it up i was gonna say you're not gonna blow that sucker up no 
Yeah. The yeah, reason we reason we went to that is because we kept having people blow up creambacks. <laughs> they would they would die left and right. Huh. You ever use the uh 10 inch greenback? Yeah, it sounds great. Is it? I love how that sounds. I have an amp that I want to pop one of those into. Yeah, it's really cool. All right. You sold me. Yeah, it's really good. Sold, huh? That's funny. Um hang on. Alex Masano <laughs> music. Rob, what are the two amp heads you have sitting on top of the Marshall Cab? Uh, Marshall Cab, that is a DSL 50 and then an EVH 50 watt. Ah, uh, which, which, which uh, EVH? Is it the third EL34 or uh, EL30? No, the 606, the original one. Oh, uh, 606. Okay. This is a. I was gigging with that for a long time and it sounded great. I just found that it wasn't poking out enough. I would, uh, you know, I, I wasn't hearing myself. I would turn on my, turn with the volume up and I still couldn't hear myself. Hmm. <laughs> um, I haven't had that problem since the BE. <laughs> perfect. That definitely pokes through. Yeah, you shouldn't have that problem. I used to gig with uh, a Marshall DSL fifty. That's a good one. In fact, I, I got to fix it. It had a, um, it has that like you know what they had an issue with the bias. Yeah, drifting bias, drifting or whatever. Yeah. Mm. So that's kind of inoperable right now. Mm. Yeah, it's a cool amp though. Definitely sounded good. Uh, I got some great tones out of it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was pretty versatile. For you know, uh, let's see. And then I have a I have an eight hundred over here that one day I'm going to send to you, Dave. Okay. What are we going to do to it? I don't. I don't want to go crazy. I just want to like make it like a cool eight hundred. A cool eight hundred. All right. I don't really want to turn it into something it's not. Just want the perfect example. A little bit more edge to it. All right. Yeah, I, I can do that. I had a twenty two oh three that I loved. And, um, but I always felt I just needed a little bit more, just a little bit more. And if it had just a little bit more, I would have fucking loved it. I put one of those, I bought one of those, um, hot mod, hot mods. And I uh, have yeah. Those are cool. It actually sounds really good. It actually, it works great in 800. It's like perfect for an 800. That's yeah. really, I think that's what it's made for, really. Mm. <clears throat> good yeah. I had, well, remember, Dave, I had that Wangs 800 to 2204. Uh, clone. How was that? that? It was pretty good. I heard. It was, I heard it pretty good. Well, for the money, it the the only th the only reason why I got rid of it because it didn't have a loop. Now, I like to use a loop, um, but it was a cool amp. You know, for the money, it was you know pretty good. It was built nice quality. Um, so, and I put a hot mod in it. It sounded great. So, yeah, uh, they're they're really good. They sound amazing. Does Dave Mustaine still use the Dario? I no, not anymore. Hmm. He did for many, many, many years. Ah. Jason Tong says, "Try shipping heads from Australia." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't even want to know how much that is these days. I haven't shipped yeah. something there in a long time. Remember, it used to be something like a good deal. Used to be something like four hundred dollars. <laughs> Wow. Something like that. Now it's going to be astronomical. That's crazy. yeah, that that is rough. Yeah, I guess it's just got to go on slow boat. 
if you don't want to pay like crazy money. No, no, that that's pre- that's what you have to pay. Period. Yeah, wow. yeah. There's, yeah. No, it's a lot. Jesus. Um. <laughs> the only thing that's gone down in price is the cannabis at my local dispensary. <laughs> uh i haven't noticed that either i haven't, <laughs> I haven't noticed prices going down on that either um that's funny uh any oh, fixed pedal boards is chiming in oh is he there he is yeah there's a lot of profit taking by service centers on top mill prices doubling and tripling i guarantee you industrial metal and reliance execs have all ordered their Ferraris after the pandemic and not before. <laughs> Probably. Yep. Yep. It's 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 going all, all over the place. I mean, even they were showing uh, you know, the price of oil when the price of oil was back at this pr- price, you know, a certain a couple however many years ago, the price of gas was much lower. It was in the threes. <laughs> Well, recently the price of nickel shot up like crazy. Like, I mean, that's the main ingredient in all the guitar strings. So it was, it was a monstrous jump. Really? Yeah. And what's what was the reasoning for that? Just everything, everything going up. Just cause. Just cause. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so, I mean, some of the raises I think Tim was kind of alluding to there was uh, because they, they because. Just because. Just because. I love that. Or we're going to have to raise this for, you know, they raise it, and then when the prices really go up, they raise it again, and it'll never go back down again. Mm-hmm. Same thing with copper. Like, copper went crazy. And, like, you know, for all the cable, for our, uh, we have the um, American stage cables that we make in the U.S., mm. the copper prices went crazy. What is with the uh, the theft of catalytic converters I saw? like That's a huge thing by me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, there's some, there's some type of metal in there that I guess you can point it. I don't know. Yeah, it's a precious. I forgot what metal it is, platinum or something, or there's something in it. And you, yeah, and it seems to be like Honda's yeah. the most. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I've heard it's a big. Yeah, some Ben Tom just wrote. Uh, Copper is more expensive as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Great. What a great world. <laughs> it's a it's mess. So old, it's nothing you can do. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, best friend had his catalytic converter stolen off his car and had to sell the car because it was a $1,500 to replace. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, craziness. Well, at least a pack of strings is still not, you know, crazy, crazy <laughs> money. <laughs> you know? Um, Rob, what, what options do you guys have for electric 12 strings? uh for electric 12 strings we have a couple of i think we only have off the top of my head i think two <clears throat> uh and they would just be in the standard xl i think there's a nine gauge and a 10 gauge off the top of my head okay so, not uh, a ton of options but two two different gauges for you okay Bent Tom, anything planned for Dodario's 50th anniversary? 50th anniversary. What I, is that? I think there's a party in the involved somewhere. 
I don't know yet. We don't know. Uh, I thought it was cool. Gino Ames, I thought it was cool. Dario had World String Change Day. I posted and they sent me free strings. Awesome. That's, That's cool. yep. We did that. That's we cool. also have a um a string recycling program too. Mm. Uh, so we have bins at Guitar Center. Um, and we, we will recycle anyone's strings, not just our own brand. Um, so you can bring your used strings to a Guitar Center, and then they send it back to us, and then we uh, pay for all the fees to get the strings recycled. That's great. The Gospel of Mark. Oh wow! I I have someone who's praying to me. <laughs> wow i'm just kidding just totally kidding uh why is the small box pedal so awesome dave uh. <laughs> how do you answer that how do you answer uh because it is just because because <laughs> just because um that's funny uh i think we're gonna wrap it up soon I think the the law said my cat is eating NYXLs right now. <laughs> Don't let him eat them because that could be expensive. Yeah, that's that's an expensive set of strings uh, yeah, or expensive yeah. surgery on the yeah. cat. Don't, <laughs> don't want that. <clears throat> I knew someone that <clears throat> cat ingested a guitar string. Really? Yeah, and it got stuck. Oh, and they they had to have surgery. Oh my oh, god, that's bad. So. If I could do it all over again, I think I would be a vet. Yeah, I'm like every time I take a, my one of my dogs to the vet, it's like four hundred dollars. You just oh yeah, easy, easy. You, you I just, said that I said the same thing about being a plumber. <laughs> yep, this is like every time you have something done in your house and plumbing, it's like that's fucking some ludicrous figure. You're like, wait, how much? And it's always on you the were here an hour. Yep, and it always is on the weekend. <clears throat> I don't know why. Like my AC always happens to go out on the weekend. It's like, oh, that's that's an extra hundred and fifty dollars to get someone out there now. I'm like, it's, it's never gonna it. go when it's convenient, right? Yeah, I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna fix it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try after paying all that money on. Yeah, the weekends is that's the worst. Um, let's see, any other questions I'm missing here, uh, Nigel. Did Dario make Fender 150R pure nickels are glorious? Dario made Fender. Or, do you guys make those? I know nothing. I can't comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are so musical and high end. I last two to three times longer than Slinkies and have higher tension. So clean up on the bottom. Huh. That's interesting. Yep. Okay. Yeah, pure, pure nickels. I definitely would urge everybody to try. I'm going to try them. If you never try them. I don't know if I have. It's it's a cool sound. Uh, wait, Dave. What are your thoughts on the RX amp brown box? It's good. Uh, it's a great product. Yeah. I I must say though, you can buy a Variac for sixty dollars. Mm -hmm. So and essentially, we'll do the same thing. True, true. And and the difference also is that if you want to go low on the voltage you won't be able to do that on the brown box yeah you can get it down to like 100 but that's about it yeah you can't get down to like 90 or anything no um yeah we just talked about that uh rob can you recycle strings uh, yep absolutely bring so, them to the guitar center 
you can bring them to a guitar center. They have recycle bins. Or if you can't find one, then you can uh, email customer service and they'll make an arrangement for you. Pure nickels are the only strings for a vintage style Strat. Wow. Interesting. Oh, this guy said, are cheap Variax reliable, though? I assume they're made in China. Everything's made in China. <laughs> <laughs> your phone's made in China. That you, Your computer that you just typed that on is made in China. I don't know. Is it reliable? Yeah. Oh, man. You just, that, was a, that was a slap. Yeah, that was so true. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that, what he just typed it on was made in China. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> I was like, kind of like doing like, uh, like, damn. Just... <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice answer on that one. Totally true. Everything is from China. That is true. Oh, man. Um, yeah, you know what? I've had my Variac. Uh, it's hidden behind one of my amps. I've had it for years. It works fine. Yeah, same same with me. I've had, I, I have some that I've had literally for 40 years. Yeah, the only thing that it, it smelled weird out of the box, and I was kind of like, <coughs> "This weird odor." But um, am I gonna die? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it had like some weird metallic odor, but hmm. um, but it worked, and it still works. So, uh, let's see. Um, how much Amanda Coombs? How much more room for innovation is there left when it comes to strings? Good question. There's a good amount. I mean, a string, I think everyone pretty much underestimates how much goes into a string because the, the main thing is symmetry. It has to be symmetric. Otherwise, it's, it's never going to play in tune. And the whole winding process, like, you know, like years ago, there was a um, there was a string company that they, they were called, you know, like the handmade string. One Things that are handmade are usually really good and, you know, specialized and you know you you think that's quality the last thing you want is a handmade guitar string because right. there's no way anyone could sit there and apply the exact same tension to a wrap all the way down a string and have it be consistent and do it by hand it has to be done by computers it, it it's just impossible to make a quality string by hand so and then there's all kinds of so with all our strings there's like a ratio between the size of the core wire to the wrap wire and then the angle that the wrap wire is applied and then the tension that the wrap wires applied so we have um basically servos and it's all computer monitored so as it goes down the string the whole time it's it's measuring that tension and making micro adjustments so that that same tension is applied to the wrap wire through the entire length of the string and that there's no gaps. Everything's perfectly spaced because it, wow. it, it's all about symmetry. It has to be symmetric. If you have just one gap in the winding, then the intonation of that string is gone. It's out the window. Or if you squeeze the wrap wire too tight in one area of the string and not you know where the rest of the string is, hmm. the intonation's off. Um, or you're going to get to some kind of weird node vibration going on, you know, if it's, you got like a tight spot in the wind. So, um, you know, does it, yeah, it does, you know, there's always going to be different materials, different, you know, you could play again, you know, play with those ratios and have a thinner core and a thicker wrap wire, or maybe a thicker core and a thinner wrap wire and how much nickel plating you put on the wrap wire and all those things will change the tone of the string. Way more than I've ever thought about. 
Yeah, that's great. Great question, Amanda. It's, it's funny because we, you know, we we give tours and people like they leave and they're like, "Wow, I never even met thought that much about my guitar strings." Yeah, and um, and even with our winders, so we have our own engineering building. Um, so all of our spring winders are actually designed and built in house. Um, so we didn't like just go out and buy string winders and put them in the factory and start making strings. Uh, they're all designed and made in house. And they all have like a ton of patentable features on our string winders that we purposely do not patent because then that information gets disclosed mm. and no one's going to get a handle of one of our string winders. Right. <laughs> it's in our building and no one's going to grab one. Uh, so we purposely actually don't patent our stuff of how we make our strings. That makes yeah, sense. That does make sense. Um, BMO says, uh, got an eBay special variac. They all smell weird just because. <laughs> just because. <laughs> I, I may have to make that as a shirt. That's a new t shirt. Just because. I, I, I really do like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, uh, that's a good one. I, I, <laughs> I like it. Just because. Just because. Um, let's see. Uh, Anything else? Didn't we have another new shirt I suggested on one of the other recent shows too? Yes, uh, it was. Uh, I have it written down. Just buy it or just get it, or something like that. Buy both. Buy both. Yeah, here it is. Just buy or get both. Yep. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. We couldn't decide. Just get get both or just buy both or buy both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I don't think I don't think I see any. Um, oh, there's a interesting how many strings do you make in a day right now on any given day we're between seven hundred thousand and eight hundred thousand a day individual yeah. strings individual strings you guys are slacking jesus how many people are employed at the company on long island it's just about a thousand wow yeah between all the different factories wow and um we also do like we have a whole bow division so we're making cello upright bass viola you know yeah all those type of things and that is a totally different technology than making a guitar string i mean sure. they, they really have nothing in common um because if you put a guitar string on a violin it would just vibrate out of control you can't even control the string so you actually have to make a an orchestra string where you purposely dampen the string so that it doesn't vibrate as much, so that it reacts to the bow immediately. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's totally different technologies, and it's way more complicated actually to make a bow string. Do they still make strings out of uh, like gut or anything like that? We don't now. We used to, but like back in the day when I first started working there, we were still doing gut strings. Um, it wasn't pleasant. It was like <laughs> horrible. Racks of stretching the gut out, and yeah, it was kind of, <laughs> it, yeah, and 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 in all honesty, that is a, the traditional way of doing it. But again, like you can't get perfectly uniform gut, right? So the synthetic material <laughs> is so much more consistent and going to intonate better. Mm -hmm. And then that all kind of fell apart when the uh, whole uh, mad cow thing happened um because most of the gut came from europe and then you couldn't bring that into the country anymore huh hmm. wow i had no clue uh bill l 
Thanks for the super chat. Rob, I use pure nickel strings, and I noticed that the Dario's pure nickel wound strings are thinner than the other brands. For example, a 10 set is 10 to 45 instead of 10 to 46. <coughs> I think their nines are also 9 to 41. Why is that? Uh, just because of the gauge of the wires that we're drawing down to makes a slight difference in the outcome of the uh, string. So not, no real technical purpose behind that. It's really just what the uh, to get the right tension for that string and what diameter you use for the core and what diameter you use for that wrap wire. It might just change that a little bit. Okay. Barry promised. Thank you. What music is Rob listening to lately playing and strings he uses model wise? What am I listening to lately? I have, I, I'm kind of one of the people that just puts like Spotify on on a mix and just kind of listen to everything. Mm. <laughs> but mostly old school rock. I just like straight up rock music. I was digging like like that Dirty Honey Band. That was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, they were they were pretty cool. You know that that's pretty good stuff. Uh, my favorite set is I actually use the. This is actually another good set for people to try. Is the Balance Tension set. So my favorite set is the, the the 110 BT. And basically we just tweaked a couple of strings uh, and it gives every single string in that set the same tension or approximately the same tension. So every string feels exactly the same when you're bending it. And it makes for a really comfortable feel, especially like when you're <laughs> barring chords and then when you're soloing. Um, you don't like when you're bending sometimes, you know, a G string when you're bending a G string can feel like there's more tension than when you're bending the B string. Um, the balanced tension set kind of evens all that out. So that, that's actually my favorite. Hmm. We didn't cover that one earlier. Yeah, actually, that's a see, that's a this question brought up a good point that we forgot to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good so, one. So try pure nickels and then try balanced tension sets. It, it actually will feel a little weird to you at first not dramatically weird but it, it'll feel different but then once you get used to it i, I actually absolutely love the balance tension hmm. okay uh are bow strings similar to nylon guitar strings yes and no because they do use synthetic cores on some of them but um in the bow strings it, there's a lot of dampening agents uh put in to the string while you're winding it um so that's why when you pluck like a, a violin it's really just like a doop and it really doesn't sustain it really doesn't have any big tone to it because it's all about the action of the bow uh the bow on the string so they're, they're, they're pretty different hmm. <clears throat> uh rob can i just buy a box of high e strings <laughs> <laughs> you can you can buy singles wow Okay. You can use the Sweetwater link and buy a whole bunch of E strings. Uh, question. So, did I miss the coating question? Do you guys make your own and coat your own? I hear Elixir has some someone else coat their strings. Uh, yep. Yeah. So we do it all our own. Um, we have a proprietary, you know, film and formula that we use, and uh, yeah, it's all done in house. Awesome. And George Arroyo, balance tension is all I use now. Helps keep floating bridges in tune. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Learning. Yeah. Something try some new. things. 
Yeah, learning something. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, it's fine. I just I actually have here on my desk. So, if you look at a regular one ten to a balanced tension, the main difference is the B string on a ten is a thirteen. It's a thirteen point five on the balanced tension. The D goes from a twenty six to a twenty five, and the A goes from a thirty six to a thirty four. Huh. Interesting. Wow. Are, are the balance tension set available only one kind? Uh, you can get them for NYXL, NXL, and then in 9, 10, and 11. Okay. Hmm. I might have to try that out. Yeah, they, they're great. That, that's definitely my favorite set. I like the balance tension a lot. Okay. Awesome. Um, all right. I think we've gone through all the questions, and I know I got to run soon. Um, Rob, thanks so much for joining us, man. I really that appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, thanks. That went fast. Everything, yeah, every, right? every, everything straight. Two hours goes like it. To bloom, gone. It really does. It was yeah. a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, I but learned that's that's when people wonder when we have those four-hour shows. It's like it doesn't seem like four hours. <laughs> no, no. Although the one with John Sir, which was approaching approaching five, I was kind of like. All right, no more questions. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it was like two in the morning at that point. I'm like, I gotta go. Um, but uh, sorry, Kelly B, that you missed the show. But I, I did a four hour show with Fry at the other night. I gotta watch. I gotta watch. <laughs> I gotta see. It wasn't uh, anything about music, really. <laughs> we well, talked many kinds of drinks, and we talked many kinds. <laughs> I'll have to watch. I, 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 something different. Um, Oh, so guys, our next show that we have, besides an Ask Dave show, which may come in between, um, we've got Colleen Fazio, uh, who uh, she's got a YouTube channel and she works on amplifiers and she's an, like an amp tech and she's a female amp tech, amp guru. Uh, she seems cool. She's coming on August 12th and then potentially. Uh, August 26th may have Andy Timmons and Robert Keeley on. Um, just waiting for confirmation on that date with them. That'd be great. That'd we're, be awesome. we're, we're still working talking about the Halo delay. Yeah, which is a great pedal. I've got the box right here. A fucking well. badass pedal. I, Mark, I saw your post and I ordered one. Uh, <laughs> it's really, really good. You can it do is. a vari variety of things with it, and it's really cool. Yeah. Almost every preset on it is killer. Um, yeah, I, but I even even if you turn the knobs, I mean, it's just great. And the other thing it does really, really well. Um, I always test this because th there's a saturation knob on it, right, where you can distort the delays. Mm -hmm. So, like, say you're running a delay in front of a distorted amp, always kind of a problem. You know, the delays are too clean and stuff. Well, this one, if you crank up that saturation all the way. Put it in front of like I put it in front of a JJ Junior amp full distortion. It sounded simply great hmm. in front. Did you have to keep the level really low? <clears throat> no, no. It, it, the level was really easy to dial in, and what didn't it wasn't like most other things. Hmm. Worked really well. And I, I I told Robert that, and Robert's like, "Man, I'm glad you said that because I worked on that really hard in front of a distorted amp to get that just right." <laughs> wow. Yeah. that's awesome yeah it really yeah. it sounds 
it sounds so natural. I mean, like a tape machine. I mean, it, it, it yeah, it just sounds great. Yeah. It trails off great. It's really killer. Uh, someone wants Nuno. Uh, I'd like to have Nuno, maybe one day. Um, we'll we'll work on it, guys. Uh, but yeah, uh, check us out. Keep follow us on Facebook and and twitter I don't, I don't know what our twitter handle is i haven't done a, twi- a tweet in a long time um but check us out on facebook and instagram and uh rob again thanks so much make sure you guys get your didario strings and all didario products all right from our Sweetwater link from That's our Sweetwater link. exactly all right guys uh wait did we just get one more uh no i think we're good all right everybody have a great night rob hang on while we say goodbye And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. See you guys. Thanks, guys.